Hey, thank you so much for listening. This is Rena Hicks and this is the Moneywise audio experience. Welcome back everyone. We are at Kitabu yes. offices. These funky funky creative lovely. Can I move here? Can you here? make sure? Can, can you move, move here? here? You can space and make sure they, they do a video of the spot so everyone can see everything. We have to show the office. Trees, it's plants, really, really awesome. The minion. Who's by the And we are inter- back, back back. back. We're sorry, interviewing Tony Ndumu who's yeah. just gone on a tangent. Um, and I want to talk about business. Yeah, right. The companies. The companies. Yeah. Let's start with Nailab. Why Nailab? Like, how did that even come about? Oh, that was such a story. So, I'm in the back of a pickup coming from Thika to Nairobi, right? A friend of mine, Manix, is driving it. And this guy from, from the Netherlands called Bart calls me up. He's like, hi, uh, your name is Tony? I'm like, yes. I've heard of you from a friend of mine. And we want to do some stuff in Kenya. And we needed a guy. And are you interested? I didn't even know what the thing was. I was like, yeah, sure. And we talked about it on the back of the pickup. And, and we met maybe a month or a week later. And he told me about this vision he has to do some other stuff. It was not related to the hub and whatnot. Uh, but when we were having coffee three, four weeks later, he was like, so I'm 6'4". I'm pretty tall. He was 6'6", six, six, which wow, makes him much that's taller. that's very tall. It's very rare for me to have a conversation with somebody <laughs> like this. Um, but when we were having coffee, we were talking about how many tech companies are out there. You know, we should create a space for everybody to come, is what we said. And Bart was like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a good idea. And I said, okay, so tell you what, I can put together the plan and the idea and the concept and be creative about it, but you have to find the money because it's going to be tough. Yeah. Right? There's no money in Kenya for innovation and tech. This is 2008. Okay. And Bart was like, yeah, sure, okay, fine. Let me see what I can do. He's out of the Netherlands, in the Netherlands. So we did this back and forth for about four months, five months, and we managed to get a little capital and we opened up the Nyla. But at the same time, Eric Hussman, who was also a good friend of mine, that, you know, we had a conversation with him and I, and he happened to have the same idea. You know, hey, we need a place where we can bring people together and do some stuff, da 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 I was like, yo, come, there's this building. Okay, wait. So you're bringing people's stuff together to do what stuff? Technology is such that you're solving a problem with an innovation that you don't know people will pick up. That's what technology is. You, basically, you work in a laboratory. Okay. You're just trying to come up with solutions for problems that either you don't have the right to, permission to get involved in, you have no say, you're, you're an external feature. You literally are a tick in the system. Okay. That's why it's called disruption. You come and disrupt what is the norm. So any technology company that succeeded in doing it, the Ubers and the Airbnbs and the M-Pesas, right, they yeah. disrupted the system. And but they, they never in some sort of environment yes. like that. And that's the thing about that environment. Okay. They never knew all the pieces they needed until they came into a place where all the pieces were there. Okay. And that's what hubs do. Hubs take a person with an idea, put them together with a person who can code, with a person who understands policy, with a person who understands the industry. You bring a bunch of people together. Okay. If you don't bring what we call development DNA, all the pieces that fit, you never get a solution. And, so and that's kind of how the Nile started. The people who worked there, who mm. came with their laptops, with yeah. ideas and yeah. things they're trying to solve and mm. innovations that they have in their heads, how were you paying them? We weren't. They're entrepreneurs themselves. Here's a fun thing. So what we did was everybody came in with a skill. Okay. Um, you are a web developer, I am a coder of some sort, whatever, whatever. And we all came together and we're like, look, we have these ideas. All of us have these ideas. But we don't have the money to fund them. But we know that there are companies out there that need a Twitter account, a Facebook account, you know, solutions, whatever, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so what we said is we will outsource our services as a single block to companies. Mm. They will pay the, ho- the whole hub and then we will distribute the money based on who's done what, when, how. Right. 
So what we did was we built a consultancy around our skills, which normally would not exist because we would never be working together. You'd need somebody to hire these 55 yeah. people. That, oh, that's no. smart. That's how we made our money. And some of the solutions really turned out to be, you know, some was bought by Motorola for $300,000, which is a staggering amount of money for a three-page code solution or whatever. People came and built websites in the hub, and, and that's how now the, the current um, CEO and current founder of the new Nylab, Sam Gishuru, got involved. He came in as a big voice in the web space. Okay. And we're like, Sam, we've got these things that we're trying to do. Do you want to come and give us a hand? And he was always available, happy to get involved. He really liked the vibe. He loved the space. He loved how people came together. And Sam was cornerstone in moving the Nylab from what I started to what it is now. Okay. And now it's grown into more of an incubator space, um, into a solution-driven engagements with Jack Ma, with government, that kind of thing. Are and you still involved with No, with I'm not. I'm, okay. not. Uh, I'm, still not, I'm okay. not involved. I left in 2012. I, I just burnt out. But I'm, I'm happy to see Sam pick the vision and inject it with steroids. Yeah, and it's now grown to a point where the Nylab has impacted more than 10,000 people directly. Yeah. You know, and solutions have been out in the market. People don't know the things that came out of, of, of the Nylab. I remember Michael Joseph was CEO of Safaricom. There's one week he met me in six meetings and I was pitching him with somebody else their solution. And Safarincom picked up on some of them. I remember iCow with Sukahumbu was one of the ideas that Who? I was pitching in the iCow. iCow. Sukahumbu. What's iCow? It's for farmers. You don't even know I about know. it, but yeah. that solves your milk problem. Okay. You don't even know that. Yeah. But about 17,000 farmers use it every day to collect wow. milk and bring it to a... That's, just, that's the so genius I guess that's of why they call Kenya Nairobi the Silicon Valley of... Yeah, Silicon Savannah. Africa. Yeah, Silicon Savannah. It is. Silicon it is. Savannah. It is. It's, it's, here's the thing about, you know, problem solvers and solution seekers are two kinds of people. Problem solvers, you identify a problem and you try to become important in solving the problem. Mm. That's kind of bottlenecking. Yeah. yeah. I'm the person who's got the answer. You have to come to me. That's the old school way of doing things. This is why you see big companies, the AIGs and the, these large companies, struggling to find innovation in finance until some kid in university came up with blockchain because they want to be at the forefront of solving problems. But if you look at the Unilevers and the PNGs and Formula One and, and Boeing and the like, what they've tended to do is, and NASA as well, is they've decided we're going to become solution seekers. We're going to open our problems to the world and we're going to say, look, if you have an answer to this, mm -hmm. come. We will give you $50,000 to solve our problem. Mm -hmm. And what you end up finding is some 75-year-old retiree solving a problem NASA has been pumping money in for the last five years trying to solve. Yeah. Kenya needs that. And this is why we're struggling as a country in so many ways. Because a lot of the things that we struggle with can be solved by some 22-year-old girl who's in some part of Maralal who sits in front of a computer and knows how to solve our traffic problem. Right. But we're not willing to give her the chance because of who she is and where she's from. Okay, so back to Tony. So you finished with the Nylab? Yes, I did. Uh, you said you left 2012? 2012, so was there five Why years. did you leave? You said you were burnt, I was burnt out. out. Okay, so exhausted. what did you do after that? I took a break for a year, Okay. Uh, sat down and thought, what do I really want to do? And while you're taking a break, you're not in your mommy's house? No. How are you? Uh, I got money, yeah, I sold my shares in the Nylab. Oh, right, of, yeah, course. of course, yes. Partial. So uh, yes. I chilled for a while and just decided, what do I want to do? Which goes back to the first thing we talked about, about being self-aware. I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to be part of that machine cog mm. thing. So I sat and thought, you know, I helped build quite a number of businesses in the hundreds. Many of them failed in the Nylab, but some of them succeeded. What do I want to focus on? Okay. And for me, education was that thing because that was my struggle. And Kitabu was born in the grass in front of my house uh, on a piece of paper, which was actually tissue paper and a marker pen. And in one sitting... Were you alone? I was with my dad. In one sitting, 
we crafted the whole solution that is still what it is right no now. No way. Yeah, and we said this is what we need. We need something that can be able to deliver all the digital textbook students need for 844 uh, in the luxury of their home, can be stored on their device, they can rent wow. instead of buy, uh, and it has additional audio and video content and a tool for them to engage with each other and engage with their teachers. You know, this is so cool. I, the other day, um, my nephew came home. In fact, my nephews were home and all the kids were home and everyone's trying to do their homework. And I'm trying to supervise these six kids. Actually, they're seven. Wow. And my nephew says to me, I have forgotten the right textbook <laughs> in school. <laughs> so he took the wrong Kiswahili book and now has this homework and these questions to answer. And yeah. he had the wrong book. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, How you're just going to have to do it in the morning. And I, I forgot that we could actually just go on the Kitabu app yep. and I could rent the book for one day. One day. For a shilling. For, sh for a shilling. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You can rent the book for a shilling. You know how the Kenyan government has done this CBC books, right? Yes. Content, I mean, competency-based curriculum. It's a new curriculum. It's fantastic. I think the idea is phenomenal. Uh, the reality is the people we're churning out of schools, there's a bigger gap between them and the industry yeah. than has been ever because things change so fast. Ten years ago, nine of the most important jobs in the world right now didn't exist. Ten years ago. Say that again, please. Slowly. Ten years ago. Yes. Nine of the most important jobs in the world right now didn't exist. Ten the most important jobs, which are the most important? Give me three out of the nine. Here's a very basic one. Social media. There's something I called know, right? online reputation yeah. management. What, what oh, does that mean? A, that, what does that that's mean? a job. Online it's a job. reputation management. Because, for example, uh, very recently Gillette put out an advertisement talking about men and how they should stop toxic masculinity. They did a video, they put it out, and the backlash was phenomenal. Yeah. They lost a lot of shares on the stock market mm. because people hated what they said. Mm. And there are hundreds of idea, examples like that. The one before that was, was Pepsi. Nivea as well. Nivea did that yeah. as well. Like Nike has, you, there are very many companies that put out stuff that are either not culturally appropriate right. or, you know, all that kind of thing. You need somebody, when you're a company who's getting more marketing dollars from the online, your online presence than advertisements in newspapers, TVs and radio, <laughs> you need somebody to manage your online reputation mm. so that if you make a mistake, you're very quick to the gun and know how to deal with it. Okay, give us another one. Um, search engine optimization. That's yeah, another yeah, one, that's right? A, in that's fact, somebody came and said, we're charging X amount of money for... I was like, what is that? Yeah. Just <laughs> putting keywords. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Google, every second, has 2 billion... I mean, every day has 2 billion people searching for stuff. 2 billion people. We're 7 billion. 2 billion people searching for stuff. Your website, if you put a website up now, would be one of the 187 million websites coming out of this part of the continent. <laughs> okay. So how are Just this part of the continent? Just this part of the continent. Oh my gosh. Not the world. Please, those are numbers we can't even discuss. Oh, wow. yeah? If you're going to put this video on YouTube, yeah. every minute YouTube has more than 714,000 videos put up on YouTube. A minute? 700,000. Wow. Who's going to find us? Yeah. yeah. Really, who's going to find us? Yeah. You need somebody who can be able to bring yours to the forefront. Oh, wow. So those... So how do you do that? They, they search engine optimization, including AdWords. What is that? Like for, for people When you who optimize content so that a search engine like Google or Bing can be able to find it. When somebody says... Uh, money management, yeah. Rina's name comes first. When somebody says, manage my money, Rina's name comes first. When somebody says, money in Kenya, Rina's name comes first. What do I have to do to make sure your name is on that comes first right. and not Tony's? That's a job because that's how you make money. So that's money. ads on Google. Ads on Google, what specific keywords that are placed in specific places inside your website, inside your video, searching your information. There's a science. Yes. Okay. And then there's data science. Just when I say data science, that's already four jobs in there. Mm. Because the analytics behind what you people are watching, what yeah. people care about, 
how do you know what matters? How do you know what the next video is going to be about? If somebody doesn't tell you, wow. you know what, women between the ages of 25 and 27 are interested yeah. in da, 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 da. Who's going to tell you that? Statistics, the yeah. data. Yes. You look at it and That's you see exactly how many right. people are watching my videos, how mm -hmm. many people are responding, how many people are engaging with them, and what age are they, where are they from, what continent. Yeah, I hear you. It's data science and you need a so data, data scientist. scientist. Ten my years ago, data. people were like, what? Okay, so we're getting too much into this, and I need to talk about Tony. <laughs> this is Rina Hicks. You are watching All Access. I need to bring this back to where I wanted to go. Take care.